Attention people who still care. How can we fix our broken financial system that currently favors big banks and powerful corporations to a system that looks out for us average American citizens without using politicians or political action? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. On today's show, transgendered pronouns. Why can't transgendered community come up with their own pronouns? But before we get into that, first, I want to talk about corporate unethical behavior, and more specifically, uh, unethical behavior of big banks. Uh, Now, currently, there are four banks that control half of all the banking assets in the United States. Those banks are number one, Chase, number two, Bank of America, number three, Wells Fargo, number four, Citigroup. Now, uh, Chase has been involved in unethical behavior for years, decades and decades and decades. Uh, And I'm going to start a story off in 2002. A couple of days ago, I talked about Enron and the fraudulent behavior they engaged in. Well, guess what? Chase in 2002 agreed to pay $80 million to settle allegations that it helped Enron. Um, And the settlement was seen as a sign of the bank's involvement in Enron's uh, fraudulent activities. Why would you agree to pay $80 million if there was no wrongdoing? This is a case of if there's smoke, there's fire. Now, in 2012, Uh, Chase was uh, once again in a spotlight of a massive scandal, uh, something called the London Whale. Uh, Now, this is where the bank lost over $6 billion due to risky trades made by its London-based chief investment office. The incident led to a regulatory investigation and ultimately a $920 million fine for the bank. So in the wake of the London whale scandal, Chase promised to overhaul its risk management practices and improve its compliance programs. The bank also faced increased regulatory oversight with the Federal Reserve and other agencies monitoring its operations closely. Despite these efforts, in 2014, Chase was fined $2.6 billion for its involvement in a massive scheme to manipulate foreign exchange markets. The bank was found to have failed to properly train its employees and to have ignored warning signs of potential misconduct. Now, in response to the foreign exchange uh, scandal, Chase once again promised to improve its risk management practices to take steps to prevent future misconduct. The bank also agreed to pay $1.86 billion in settlements to various regulatory agencies. Problem solved, right? In 2019, Chase was once again caught engaging in unethical behavior when it was revealed that the bank was charging its customers hidden fees for their investment accounts. The fees were reportedly designed to boost profits for the bank and were not disclosed to customers. Guess what? 
Chase responded uh, by promising to improve its practices and return the money to effective customers. So Chase has been fined repeatedly over and over again, and more regulations have been put on them. Um, now, here's the issue, though. Regulations, they don't address the core of the problem. They, they don't address the root of the entire issue, which is the way corporations, for-profit, publicly traded corporations are designed. They're designed with this constant pressure of earning more quarterly profits than the last. Regulations will do nothing to address this issue, ever. The way we need to address this issue is by... Uh, twofold, especially when it comes to bank. A, three actually. A, design a, a better corporation. And I'll explain how to do that uh, later, how we can all do that democratically. Uh, number two, um, use a credit union. They're, they are designed differently. Uh, they're nonprofit and they're designed to take all of their uh, revenue, their, their net revenue, and pump it back into the credit union to provide its community with services like financial education and just lower interest rates in general. Uh, there's no incentive to abuse its customers like Chase does. Uh, and uh, number three, uh, engage in crowd lending. It's a way to compete against big banks and for the general public to compete it and erode that, that wealth and, and money uh, that would have gone to Chase that now can go to just the general public engaging in, in crowd lending. Uh, I am going to transition into our news story of the day, which is the Montana uh, legislator uh, that um, had a, 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 a protest that spilled over into uh, the Montana state uh, legislation uh, building. Uh, causing a ruckus. Uh, now, it, it all kind of started with uh, Republican lawmakers um, uh, refusing this transgendered uh, lawmaker uh, a voice uh, because uh, the transgendered uh, lawmaker said that uh, the Republicans who are voting against this transgender bill will have blood on their hands. And it I guess they were offended by this statement. And so they decide, hey, you can't, we're not going to let you speak. Uh, and so that's kind of the state of things. So uh, uh, a couple of, of things. Number one, um, why, why doesn't the transgender community just come up with a new pronoun for being a transgender? Uh, it's, it's something unique. It, you're, you're special. Um, if you identify as a, a woman and you were born a man, it still doesn't make you a woman, no matter how much you, you say it does. You're, you're something different. You're unique. You're, you're special. You deserve your own pronoun. Um, and, and so that's, that's my thought on it. And, and that way, there wouldn't be this confusion that's happening. Uh, and, and trust me, from someone who's not transgendered and, and does, has never had that experience of of feeling different inside my body, um, I, you know, I, I would want to, uh, I, I would 
think I would anyways, want to have my own pronoun and, and feel that, uh, being special because it is unique. I mean, that's a, it's rare for, for people to go through that. The vast, vast majority of human beings, uh, we identify with the sex that we're born with. So it's, it's, it's a unique situation. And I, I think having your own pronoun would be very helpful for, for all of us who are identify with the sex that we have are born with. Um, number two, um, it's, I can't control what anybody says or what anybody does more or less. Um, what I can control is how I react to what others say and, and what others do. And this is the a huge problem in politics. Um, everyone's trying to control, uh, what the other side is saying. So, Democrats, they're constantly trying to control what Republicans say, you know, oftentimes calling it hate speech or, you know, whatever. And deplatforming, that's a that's a very common thing to do uh, because you're trying to control what other people uh, say. Uh, in this case, with the transgendered lawmaker, it's Republicans trying to control uh, what this transgendered lawmaker is trying to say. And, and ultimately, we have no control over what other people say. And if we start practicing how uh, we react to what other people say and react in a way that we don't get offended, which is possible, we can change our beliefs and, and, and not take it personally to, to what other people say, um, then, then we don't have to worry about that. Because it's not in the end, it's not even in our control. What we can control is how we react. So that, that's 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 what I'm going to say uh, about that. Focusing on what we can control, which leads us into the financial tip of the day: uh, become a crowd investor. Uh, that's another way how we can control uh, being the change. We don't have to rely on politicians who are arguing over what someone says. Um, and trying to control them for that. I mean, this is what our politicians are doing, engaging in this, these petty arguments. By becoming a crowd investor, we can do a number of things. Uh, first of all, uh, th there's a uh, number of different types of crowd investing. Uh, equity crowdfunding is when a small group of people, or, or uh, excuse me, a large group of people uh, invest small amounts of money to fund uh, a company. So equity crowdfunding is a way to democratically design new corporations that look out for all stakeholders and not just shareholders. Well, that's number one. Uh, number two, crowd lending, another type of crowd investing. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, it, this is a way for the general public to engage in a market-based redistribution of wealth. Again, we don't have to rely on politicians uh, trying to tax the rich to fund uh, uh, safety net programs. Instead, we can just compete with um, banks uh, through crowd lending platforms, become the bank ourselves, and lend to projects and people uh, and communities that we care about. We don't have to fund exploitive companies. Uh, this way, we are being proactive in the market and now the market has to react to us. On top of that, 
uh, crowd lending is a wonderful way to get a good market return uh, and in a diversified manner. Equity crowdfunding as well. Uh, you could be so it's equity crowdfunding is risky. Engaging in uh, investing in startup companies is risky. But with investment minimums with as little as $100, you could be involved in, in 20 companies with, uh, you know, $2,000. And all you really need is that one company to make it big. So um, the crowd investing, uh, it's, it's a way to earn a market share, democratically designed corporations, uh, market-based redistribution of, of wealth and uh, a way that we can exert our own control. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor, and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know how to democratically change our financial system, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.